Today is 7 August. It's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is uh, the CG Prophecy Report. Blowback on the nonsense. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we have, um, this past week, I was sitting there watching the sunrise on the webcam, okay? And I didn't expect this, but there was a Atlas V rocket that had just taken off. So there on the webcam, it was going off, and Hedica was out walking the dogs, and so she watched it live over the bay. But I was working, so I sat there and watched it, and I got a pretty, oh, a night, there it is right there. Great photo of it. You can see where the second stage, right at the end of it, uh, went off, and so you got that great like balloon at the end of it. But I thought I'd include that so y'all could see what happened this past week. And then um, I'm wearing a bandana that came from John and Deanne, and I wanted to thank them for that. That came in the mail a couple days ago, and I was so tickled I get to put on a new bandana today. So thank you, John and Deanne. And um, let's see here from Reuters. I thought I'd just throw this out. Uh, jury finds Alex Jones must pay 4.1 million dollars for Sandy Hook hoax claims. And uh, then he got another $45 million on punitive damages yesterday. But my thought is that sensation sells, but it does not pay. So if you want sensation, you're going to have to go somewhere else. I'm not into that. I, I'm just not. He uh, opened his mouth and he said things that were obviously not true. And then during the uh, court case, he opened his mouth and he said, I, I, I'm fully convinced that what I said was wrong. Well, he shouldn't have said it in the first place. Um, you, there's a point where you want to just accept things as they are and not try to lure people in with sensation. I don't believe that in theology. I don't believe in that in prophecy. I don't believe that in any aspect of your life. If you are reading the Bible, I can tell you what, it is sensational enough all by itself without people adding things in. So that's my thought on that. Now we got some news from Israel today. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Israel war other than to say that I turned off the notifications, but we've been hearing bombs going in all day long, and a lot of things have happened with the Israel war over the past three or four days. Most people are aware of it, or they can be just by clicking on the news. I will say one thing about it, not an article, but I watched a video this morning. It was the main thing on Breitbart where um, they said that a, the Israelis had bombed a house in Gaza, and uh, a lot of people were dead, including children. And then somebody said, oops, I don't think so. They got a video of Hamas sending the rocket off, and it turned right around, and it landed right on top of the house and killed the children. So they killed their own people. Yeah, shocking there. Um, so that's what's going on over there right now. Other than that, if you want to know, just go click on the news. It's full of the Gaza war. Um, I'll give you some articles on things that th other people probably won't be bothering with. From the Times of Israel, IDF exposes Hamas sites in Gaza civilian areas in bid to explain future strikes. Now, they did this before they went in and attacked Gaza. And this was very smart of them because what they did in the past wars is they blow something up and they'd say, well, that's a known terrorist facility and it's very close to a hospital. And the whole world went crazy. So they were preemptive on this. And they said, these are sites that are Hamas targets. And in the next war, which happened a couple days later, we will not be held responsible for blowing these places up. 
That was very wise of them. So I'll read you this article. The IDF accused Gaza's Hamas terror group of building up military infrastructure in civilian areas and adjacent to schools, mosques, and businesses, and obviously homes because Hamas blew up its own home just it was a block away. That thing went right up and came right back down. So they're putting these missile places even in residential areas, okay, in an apparent bid to preemptively justify collateral damage from any future strikes in the densely populated enclave. The efforts come following harsh international scrutiny over Israel's actions during last year's war with Gaza, which included dozens of civilian deaths and a major airstrike on a building used by international media outlets. All of them were given knock notices in advance. We're going to destroy this facility. Get out now. And then they went and blew it up. Nobody else in the world except the U.S. does this. Okay. And they were castigated for it. All right. Secondly, they didn't start that war. And thirdly, nobody said anything about the tens of thousands of missiles that were fired indiscriminately at Israel into civilian areas. Nobody said a word about that. So Israel has every right to defend itself and it has every right to do what they are doing. They're doing it with more care than any nation, including the United States, has ever used. Officials at the IDF's Southern Command briefed members of the Foreign Press Corps in Israel on a series of sites where the army says Hamas has placed military infrastructure near civilian areas. These included a tunnel that runs next to a Pepsi soft drink factory and a UN-funded school in Gaza City. The IDF said the tunnel was used by Hamas to both store weaponry and mobilize fighters. Several other Hamas weapon manufacturing and storage sites and tunnels situated near schools, universities, mosques, and other civilian sites were also presented to the reporters, including an arms factory close to Gaza City's Shifa Hospital. The military also published the identities of several Hamas fighters who live in buildings above tunnel entrances. So there you go. Israel is doing its thing. It's doing it properly. And they are tired of being the world's whipping boy when there's something that happens. We've got atrocities going on on both sides of the Ukrainian war. And unless you have an agenda, you're ignoring one side, talking about the other or not talking about it at all. Okay. Jerusalem Post. Israel bans use of cash for purchases larger than NIS 6,000. Now I'm going to give you the numbers in uh, U.S. dollars. What's that? Wow. Yeah, I got somebody that just left Israel and he's freaking out over this. Imagine that. Okay, now, like I said, these numbers are going to be in U.S. dollars, not NIS. How much is 6,000 NIS? It's, um, uh, it's like yeah, $1,700. That's what it says here. Okay, a new law is set to take effect in Israel starting August 1st. That was a couple days ago. That will ban payments of large sums of money in cash and bank checks. The goal of the reform, according to a statement issued by Israel's tax authority, here it is, this is what the U.S. is trying to do too, same excuse, is to fight organized crime, money laundering, and tax noncompliance. Now, that may be true in Israel, but it's not true here. You know what? We have a good tax system, and they just want to completely tax every single dollar that ever gets used by anybody, and they want to track your life down to the last penny that you have. Okay? I don't know about Israel. I can't comment on that. He could. Under the new law, any payment to a business above $1,700 must be made using alternative methods, such as digital transfer or a debt card. Trading between private citizens who are not listed as business owners will be limited to $4,360 in cash. 
This is another step in Israel's fight against the use of cash. Previously, cash up to the amount of $3,200 could be used in business deals. We want the public to reduce the use of cash money. The goal is to reduce cash fluidity in the market, mainly because crime organizations tend to rely on cash. By limiting the use of it, criminal activity is much harder to carry out. I, that is not true. Criminals will always find a way to be criminals. Always. For that to happen, there must be less cash in the market. Yuri Goldman, an attorney who represented clients in an appeal against the law in 2018, claims the main problem with the law is that it is simply not efficient. We were in the discussions about the bill. The data we brought showed that since the first phase of the law was in effect, the amount of cash on the market only increased. So clearly something's not working. Goldman also explained the downside of the law. When the bill passed, there were over a million citizens without bank accounts in Israel. The law would prevent them from conducting any business and would practically turn 10% of the population into criminals. They just want, this is one world stuff coming. Yeah, $17,000 just a few years ago. A few years ago. If it's 17, they're going to be lowering it and lowering it. Now it's, now it's less. 10 times less. It's going to be probably no cash at all. No cash at all very soon. Right. This is one world government and it is starting. The, yeah. the mechanics of it are starting right in Israel. I couldn't buy a car with cash. Just Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. From the Times of Israel. Israel to withhold NIS $600 million from PA over its payments to terrorists' families. The security cabinet voted to withhold over a half billion shekels from the PA to offset funds that the PA paid to terrorists and their families in the past year. The $176 million that the government voted to freeze will come from tax funds that Israel collects on behalf of the PA. In 2018, Israel passed a law requiring the government to withhold the equivalent amount of money that the PA is estimated to pay out to Palestinian terrorists and their families. Despite this being required by law, the security cabinet must nevertheless vote periodically to approve the move. And they should do this because this is pay to slay. They're just paying people to kill Jews. That's all it comes down to. Okay, we got some news from Christianity or concerning Christianity here. And before I give you our first article, Jonathan and Shelley have finished Genesis, Ruth, Exodus, Jonah, Leviticus, Esther, Doctrine, Acts, Special Sermons, and they're working through Numbers and will finish Deuteronomy. And they are also with us in Joshua right now. So they have almost watched every single video that we have ever put out at the Superior Word. That's impressive. So my hat is off to Jonathan and Shelley over that. All right, from the post-millennial, students pressured to celebrate pansexual drag queen at school chapel as teacher resigns over misuse of pronouns. So they got rid of a teacher because he or she couldn't figure out what pronouns to use. Students at Manhattan's Grace Church, imagine that, Grace Church, I think that's license, not grace, uh, the high school, are required to attend chapel every other Wednesday. And that meant attending a pride event. The sixth annual Pride Chapel featured a special guest, drag queen Britta Filter, a.k.a. Jesse Javia. Students felt pressure to join in, dance, and celebrate, while the teacher, Yuen Nguyen, 
took the opportunity to announce their resignation over improper pronoun usage. Well, that's important, isn't it? The event was led by the school Unreverend and the students and faculty advisors for Spectrum, the school's LGBTQIA plus affinity group. The politically themed chapel, which was mandatory for all students in grades 9 through 12, apparently ran long. Breitbart. Indigenous Canadians ask Pope Francis to show me the money after papal apology. I told you this would be the case. He'd go there and nothing would be resolved. He wasted a lot of uh, carbon footprint that he doesn't want anybody else to have going there. He wasted all of that time, and all they want is money from him. A major organization of Inuit and Native Canadians has insisted that Pope Francis's apology was insufficient, calling on the Catholic Church to pony up monetary reparations. Sorrow is not an admission of culpability. Anyone can feel sad over the deaths of children. He needs to take responsibility for the policies that caused those deaths. It is time to apologize, turn over the documents, and... Pay the money. From Just the News, court upholds right of Catholic school not to employ LGBT teacher in same-sex union. Good. That's something, you know, even if it's Catholic, it is something that will affect all Christians, and the court upheld that. So that's very good. From the Christian Times, Seattle Pacific University. We've been talking about them. I've mentioned them in a couple of articles. Sue's Washington State over LGBT hiring investigation. Good. Seattle Pacific University, a private school associated with the Free Methodist Church, was the site of daily protests for more than a month earlier this summer as students challenged a school policy that prohibited the hiring of LGBT people. And as I said at the time when I reported on that, if the students don't like it, they can go find another school. That is school policy. That is what they have said, and they have a right to have policies. But dissenting students called the policy homophobic and discriminatory. Now the university says its rights are being violated by Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson, whose office launched an investigation into the school's hiring practices. Seattle Pacific University is suing Ferguson, claiming his probe aims to influence the university in its application and understanding of church teaching. The university is represented by the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty. Beckett Senior Counsel Lori Windham, in a statement, said Ferguson singled out the university because of its Christian beliefs, demanding information about the school's religious hiring practices and employees. She said the university is asking a federal court to stop him from interfering in the religious decisions of a Christian university, seeking to remain true to its faith and mission. Ferguson's office did not respond to an email requesting comment. No surprise there. Okay, we got some news from the Mideast and Africa today from Just the News. Senate Democrats want State Department funding contingent on probe into death of Al Jazeera reporter. The Democrats used to be, along with the Republicans, completely united on the side of Israel. 
every single couple months, we have another one defect to the other side. And pretty soon, the Democrat Party is not going to support Israel at all. But here we go. A group of Democrats want the passage of legislation that funds the State Department to include a provision requiring the Biden administration to determine whether U.S. assistance to Israel should be blocked if Israel forces are found to have committed human rights violations or war crimes in connection to the killing of an Al Jazeera journalist. The provision would require the Secretary of State to submit a report to Congress showing the admin's efforts to support an independent investigation into the death of journalist Shireen Abu Akleh. She was fatally shot while reporting on a security raid by Israeli forces in the West Bank. Now, I can tell you with all certainty that Israel did not say, we want you to shoot a journalist. If it's found out that an Israeli shot her, they can do exactly what they have always done in the past and prosecute their soldier. When a soldier does something wrong in the Israeli military, they are held to account, unlike almost any other military force on the planet. The U.S. military does the same thing, but it's a very rare thing to see. Israel will handle it. It will be taken care of, and there is no need for this nonsense in the Senate of the United States of America. Okay, from Hot Air. Kinder, gentler Taliban selling more children into marriage. After they captured the capital, Kabul, in August 2021, actually after it was delivered to them, and ousted the internationally backed government, presented themselves as having moderated since their first time in power. Back in the 1990s, that is. Initially, the Taliban officials spoke of allowing women to continue to work and girls to continue their education. Instead, they formed an all-male government stacked with veterans of their hardline rule that has banned girls from attending school from the seventh grade, imposed all covering dress that leaves only the eyes visible, and restricted women's access to work. Now, before I go on, I would like to remind you that everything that is happening to those women over there is the sole responsibility of one person. His name is Biden. These women are being abused over there. And it's his fault. The few women who have dared to go out in public and protest this treatment are routinely arrested, tortured, and abused. Women told representatives of Amnesty International how they were beaten on the, I won't say where, you can imagine. Others described receiving electrical shocks and threats of being killed. The market for young girls to be sold off into marriage is surging under the rule of the Taliban. Families recounted selling their daughters as young as 13 or even 10 to Taliban members for marriage. One family was paid the equivalent of $670 for their 12-year-old daughter. These girls are almost never allowed to return to school, nor are they allowed to seek jobs after reaching adulthood. The guy that's in the White House right now, it is solely his responsibility for what has happened over there. He allowed it, and he's continuing to allow it right now. From Fox News, Russia, Iran agree to new plane supplies deal, plan to increase flights between countries. The agreement includes a pledge to increase flights between the two nations up to 35 per week, a significant boost when only about 19 countries or states provide direct flight access to Russia. Even those nations have advised that passengers face the risk of lawsuits in countries considered friendly with Russia. Western nations ordered the termination of Russian carrier contracts during the earliest phase of sanctions. 
The deal follows an agreement between Tehran and Moscow to supply Russian forces with drones so that the Kremlin can sustain its war offensive, which shifted from a broad attack and attempt to conquer the whole of Ukraine to focus only on the eastern Donbass region. From Breitbart, Swedish politician remains on city council despite murdering his wife. They don't want to upset the Muslims in Sweden, so they just allow him to stay on the council. Now, he is in prison, but they don't want to take away his money because they're, I'm sure they're afraid of getting exploded. So he's still on the council. He can still make votes, and he still gets his money, I'm sure. They're in prison after he murdered his wife. Mail Online. Iran threatens to rapidly build nuclear warheads capable of turning New York into hellish ruins if the U.S. makes any stupid mistakes. That's the way that you negotiate with the United States under Biden. Threaten them. Breitbart, al-Zarahiri's death confirms al-Qaeda presence in Afghanistan, U.S. counter-terror capability. Now, we already knew that, but it's confirmed that the leader of al-Qaeda, the whole reason why we went into that country in, what was it, 2000, what, what year was that, eight? We initially went in. Oh, in 2001, right after, that's right. That's right, 2001, 2002. That is the reason why we went in there was because of Al-Qaeda. And now, all of those service members' deaths were for nothing. Okay, now we got something interesting from Mongolia. From Intel News, Mongolian ministers under fire for failing to quickly explain appearance of Russian armed forces on the streets. People were freaking out. They got these Russians driving up and down the streets. Well... It's what happens all over the world, but the people in the country weren't told about it. Mongolian Minister of Foreign Affairs provided more information on why Mongolians were witnessing the arrival of Russian troops, saying Mongolia cooperates with many countries to improve the field of defense. Recently, the joint military exercise King's Quest was held with the United States. The field exercise Selenge of the Armed Forces of Russia and Mongolia is also held every year. This is just one of many scheduled, planned, and agreed-upon events that we conduct with multiple different nations. For the military vehicles, it is a tradition to bring equipment from Russia for the training, and as soon as the training is over, it is taken back and it doesn't stay in Mongolia. But people with this war going on thought, uh-oh, they're going out on a second front now. Wasn't the case. Okay, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From all Israel. Israeli researchers develop method to predict earthquakes with 80% accuracy. Yeah, a team of Israeli researchers reportedly have developed an effective method for predicting earthquakes 48 hours in advance with 80% accuracy rate. Ariel University doctors led the groundbreaking Israeli study. The Israeli researchers developed their method by studying changes in the Earth's ionosphere, an area where the thin atmosphere encounters the vacuum of space. The study enabled evaluating potential precursors of large earthquakes that have taken place over the past two decades. The study focused on major earthquakes that surpassed 6 MW on the moment magnitude scale. The team's method applies a machine learning support vector machine technique with GPS mapping data. The technique can predict an earthquake, as it said, 80% accuracy by calculating electron charge 
density in a region, which is exactly what I would have done if I was to develop this. Same thing. <laughs> it exhibits a potential to save lives in the earthquake-prone countries such as Cuba, Peru, Indonesia, and Japan. Conversely, listen to this, even more striking. It can also predict when earthquakes will not happen with 85.7% accuracy. No earthquake, don't worry about it this time, reducing fears in earthquake-prone regions. That's incredible. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Oh, <laughs> good one. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see what's going on there. From Deutsche Welle, monkeypox. Brazil, Spain report first deaths outside of Africa. Now, these are the first deaths last week outside of Africa for monkeypox. And the World Health Organization called it a global emergency. Both victims had been hospitalized with infections that attacked the brain in the days before their deaths. It is possible, they know it is, the deaths are linked to pre-existing conditions. That's the only reason why these people kicked off, is because they were already going to check out. From Newsweek, here it is. Monkeypox state of emergency declared in two more U.S. states. So we've got a global emergency. We've got all kinds of states in the United States. And we've got almost nobody, nobody outside of the gay community that is getting it. But they have discovered several children have gotten monkeypox. It takes very close contact, extended contact, to get this this disease, okay? And nobody is investigating what's going on with these children because they don't want to have their hands tarnished by the gay community. Okay, from just the news. Coast Guard to discharge COVID vaccine mandate objectors without separation hearings. You're out. Japan Times. Japan grants first payment for death related to COVID vaccination. ABC. Las Vegas, New Mexico, declare emergency with less than 50 days of clean water supply left. Okay, that's, that's a real problem. Next article, New York Times, Las Vegas casinos, boom, despite fears of a U.S. bust. So they're just going on business as usual with 50 days of clean water left. They're not thinking their lives through very clearly. Gateway Pundit. Healthcare workers win $10 million settlement after suing over COVID vax mandate. A group of healthcare workers sued North Shore University Health System over their COVID vax mandate. They said that they were denied religious exemptions despite the fact that they shared their religious beliefs with North Shore University Health System. According to estimates, those who were fired over the mandate can receive about $25,000 each, and those who ended up getting the vaccine after being denied an exemption on the basis of religion, if they're still alive, can receive about $3,000 extra. Good. Taking away people's rights, and now the companies are going to have to start paying for it. And the next time this happens, they're going to be a lot less willing to follow the party line from your news, not mine, your news. Doctors blast Fauci's admission that COVID vaccines induce menstrual irregularities. Dr. Anthony Fauci's recent comments on menstrual irregularities met with serious rebuttal from gynecologists who say COVID-19 vaccines should not have been injected into pregnant women without adequate safety testing or anything else. 
Well, the menstrual thing is something that seems to be quite transient and temporary. That's one of the points Fauci said upon being asked about the effect of vaccines on menstrual cycles. We need to study it more. Well, if he knows that it's temporary, which it's not, they've already proven that, why didn't they study that in advance of administering an experimental vaccine into the bodies of human beings? Morality is declining. Here's some news on that. I call this LGBT blowback from CL Tampa. Florida tells schools to ignore Fed's Title IX guidance on sex and gender discrimination. I don't know if you heard this, but the guy that handles this for DeSantis said, don't listen to the federal government. Good. Education Commissioner Manny Diaz Jr. told school officials to ignore the guidelines. The DOE released a proposal that said it would provide greater clarity regarding the scope of sex discrimination. The guidelines would extend protections under the law to include schools. Obligations not to discriminate based on sex stereotypes, sex characteristics, pregnancy or related conditions, sexual orientation, and gender identity. Diaz took issue with the interpretation of Title IX to include sexual orientation and gender identity. He sent letters to superintendents, school boards, private school owners, and charter school governing boards and said that guidance documents from the DOE and DOA are not binding law and asking school officials to refuse to change their practices. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, which is involved in such things as school lunch programs, in May similarly announced it would begin interpreting Title IX to include discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. So they're worried about giving your children their lunches, the Department of Agriculture, over something that Biden wants as a perverse agenda against the children of the United States of America. And this guy rightly said, don't listen to them. Mail Online. Soccer star Jalene Daniels is forced out of game by North Carolina Courage after refusing, good girl, to wear a pride jersey five years after missing a U.S. Women's Nation team game for the same reason. She won't do it. And they're saying, well, then you can't play. Well, good. I won't play then. Smart girl. Okay, from Out Sports. Seven players on Australia pro rugby team refused to wear pride jerseys. Good. Zero Hedge. England RFU bans transgender women from playing female rugby. Good. From the Gateway Pundit. Student athletes in Oklahoma will now have to sign biological sex affidavit and compete on teams matching their biological sex. Good. Mail Online. I now know that I'm not a trans man. Woman, 26, who underwent double mastectomy and hormone therapy to become male after just two hours of counseling, tells her regret after she begins detransitioning back to female. They've mutilated her body beyond repair. They talked her into getting her sex changed, and she realized that it's not right, and so now she's got to go back without all of who she used to be. From the Christian Post, five babies born alive after abortions in Minnesota. But listen to it more. An annual report detailing Minnesota's abortion data reveals that five babies were born alive after the procedure, here it is, and no efforts were made to save their lives. 
This morning, I saw an article on Mail Online, a lady missing her left arm, and both of her legs are stunted, and she's out all over the world traveling, living her life. Her mother tried to abort her, and it failed, and she lived. And this is what's happening in the state of Minnesota right now. These people, every one of them should be in prison, every single one of them, Amen. in prison. Amen. From Just the News, Michigan football coach Harburg tells players, don't have abortions. I will take that baby. That's a brave person. Okay, we got some other news from around the world here. I know I got a couple people crying in here right now, and I apologize about that, but this is something you need to be aware of. This is something that we all need to be aware of, what's going on in this world. Zero Hedge. Ammo companies say packages shipped with UPS mysteriously go missing. Bearing Arms reported several firearm-related companies had their corporate accounts canceled by UPS. Not only that, but some of these companies have also had packages damaged or lost while in transit to customers. One ammo distribution company, listen to this, The Gun Food. <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> the Gun Food reported out of a recent 18,000 rounds of ammunition shipped with UPS, only 6,000 made it to the end destination. Wow. Collins, who owns the ammo company, Gun Food, remains suspicious that many packages he shipped via UPS have been damaged or lost. He said UPS had pinned the mishaps on his company for not correctly packaging the shipments. The carrier also said he had recently filed many claims on packages not getting delivered. They're not even making it, and I don't know what they are doing in the facilities. If they are purposefully damaging them, however, they are not making it to the customer. Now, for every batch that does ship, we actually ship everything insured. And usually, depending on the quantity or the value of the shipment, we'll ship it with some type of signature required. So it's funny when they try to say, well, you know, you put in too many claims. And it's like, well, no, I didn't put in too many claims. Well, our customer never received their package that we shipped. Collins, bearing arms, pointed out that Lee Williams over at the Gun Writer Substack, Ammoland News, and the Second Amendment Foundation Investigative Journalism Project has also covered this phenomenon of firearm-related companies having problems with UPS. It's hard to say if this is a growing trend, if it is an approach by the Biden admin to use corporations as a weapon to cause as much havoc as possible for gun companies or if there were UPS drivers stealing packages. Zero Hedge. Hawaii electricity prices to skyrocket as final shipment of coal arrives. Governor Dave Ige, I-G-E, I don't know if I pronounced that right, I don't know, so Governor David Ige called it a huge step forward in the state's transition to clean energy. What he meant was that locals are about to pay a lot more for basic essentials. A law put in place a couple years ago will finally shut down the island's last coal-burning power plant. And since coal is the dirtiest but cheapest source of power for Oahu, it means that all else equal, power prices are about to skyrocket. In its time, coal was an important resource for Hawaii, and I'd like to thank the workers who have run our last remaining coal plant, Ige said in a statement. Renewable energy projects to replace coal are coming online with more on the way. 
In the meantime, consumers can either cut back on power, try solar and batteries, or pay more for oil-generated power, which costs as much as five times as coal. The Kapole plant has been Oahu's largest single generator for three decades, meeting about 16% of the island's peak electricity demand. Its closure on September 1st, which is what, it's uh, 23, 24 days away, means eliminating 180 megawatts of power, or about one-tenth of what Oahu needs. There's no ready replacement for this source of energy, which is about to go offline. But wait, it gets even funnier. One year ago, Hawaii was stunned to learn that the green facility, green in quotes, which is replacing the Kapolei coal plant, the 185 megawatt Kapolei energy storage facility will be charging its enormous battery with oil. Yes. In other words, Hawaiians will be trading one fossil fuel, coal, for another, albeit one far more expensive. Or, as the chair of PUC, Jay Griffin, complained, Hawaiians are going from cigarettes to crack. <laughs> Breitbart, China's timetable for invading Taiwan is Biden being in office. Invasion going to happen under Biden's watch. House Foreign Affairs Committee Ranking Member Representative Michael McCall, he's from Texas, argued that as long as Biden is in office and China sees the weakness projected, that is their timetable for an invasion of Taiwan. Just like Putin invading Ukraine, McCall also stated that while China would like to take Taiwan without military conflict, Plan B is a military invasion and it's going to happen under Biden's watch. And that China has studied Russia's invasion of Ukraine very closely. Would they prefer to do it like Hong Kong without a shot fired or the Solomon Islands? Of course, right? Or maybe they want to do it by overthrowing an election or by disinformation. But Plan B is a military invasion and it is going to happen under Biden's watch. Zero Hedge. Court rejects Google's attempt to dismiss Rumble's antitrust lawsuit ensuring vast discovery. Good, finally something good against Google. A federal district court in California denied Google's motion to dismiss a lawsuit alleging that the Silicon Valley giant is violating federal antitrust laws by preventing fair competition against its YouTube video platform. The lawsuit against the search engine giant, which has owned YouTube since its 2006 purchase, was brought in early 2021 by Rumble, the free speech competitor to YouTube. Does anybody know where Rumble is headquartered? Longboat Key, Sarasota, Florida. Yes, good news. You know, when they moved into that place, and it's not identified, nobody really is supposed to know where it is, but of course, they knew the building was sold, and a bunch of lefties were out there with their signs. We don't want your rumble here. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, they're Russian Confederates and all that nonsense. When, when the commies are right there at YouTube, okay? Okay, its central claim is that Google's abuse of its monopolistic stranglehold on search engines to destroy all competitors to its various other platforms is illegal under the Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890, which makes it unlawful to monopolize or attempt to monopolize any part of the trade or commerce among the several states or with foreign nations. 
it is rare for antitrust suits against the big tech corporate giants to avoid early motions to dismiss. Friday's decision against Google ensures that the suit now proceeds to the discovery stage, where Rumble will have the right to obtain from Google a broad and sweeping range of information about its practices, including internal documents on Google's algorithmic manipulation of its search engine and the onerous requirements it imposes on companies dependent upon its infrastructure to all but force customers to use YouTube. Rumble began experiencing explosive growth in the run-up to the 2020 election. Americans were encountering escalating and aggressive big tech censorship of political content as the election approached. Conservative politicians, followed by a wide range of heterodox voices on the right and left, began migrating by the millions away from YouTube to Rumble, which has promised and thus provided far more permissive free speech rights. That was at the time when Google and other big tech platforms, at the urging of the Democrat-controlled Congress, began aggressively increasing its censorship of political video content on YouTube on the grounds of disinformation and hate speech. From Billboard, Atlanta's Music Midtown Festival is canceled after court ruling made it illegal to keep guns out of the event. Second Amendment trumps once again, and a bunch of lefties couldn't have their little music fest. Good. (laughs) Breitbart, state-owned BBC, disappearing women by filling gender quotas with trans staff. Tell me that is not ironic. The women are out and they got trans. So if they want a guy that is really good and they don't have to meet the women's quotas anymore, they just say, put on a wig when you come to work and they'll hire him. No more women. You guys thought you were getting a good deal a while ago. I'm sorry. You're getting nothing. You're out. Trans is taking over. From MSN, June 29th was the shortest day in recorded history. A wobble in the Earth's spin shaved off 1.59 milliseconds. I knew that I was missing something in my sleep. I knew it. And sure enough, yep, mail online, Spamalock, New York City drugstore puts three $99 tins of spam and three forty-nine tins of ham in theft-proof cases as crime wave grips the Big Apple. Can you imagine this? Yeah, that's New York City for you folks. Aren't they freaking out about Abbott now? Even the White House is freaking out. He's sending all these Mexicans up to New York and they're freaking out. You can't do that. You're the ones who voted this guy in. Okay, who said it? I don't make jokes. I just watch the government and report the facts. Yeah, that's it. Will Rogers. Yes. Okay, got a lesser cure for you. In New York, spam and ham are a steal. To the store owners, it's a big deal. It costs way more to sup because inflation is up. The result is the new steal, a meal. Okay, I got some irony and we are done. Mail online. Texas man shoots and injures woman. He shot her right through the neck only to die himself when the bullet exits her neck and hits him in the leg. And he bled to death. Yes, such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, and she lived. 
Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Report for the week.